Hi there, welcome to a new episode of Many Moons Ago. My name is Shane, and I wanted to get a few of the committee members today to talk about essays, because coming into college, essay writing is a very daunting process, and we thought that it'd be really beneficial just to have a readily available resource to listen to students talking about the actual process of compiling research, coming up with ideas, and how to sit down and write an essay and put your time into it. So today I'm joined by Moira, our third year rep, Megan, who is our social media OCM, Mairead, who is our second year rep, and you haven't previously met Ushin in our first episode. Ushin is our first year rep who joined us uh, towards the beginning of term. Ushin, would you be able to just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Ushin. I'm a first year single honors history student, and my favorite area of history is uh, 19th and early 20th century history. So Ushin, coming into college and having to write a history essay for the first time, what are the kinds of questions that you felt that you had last semester when you had to take on this very daunting process? Um, well, one big question I had was, um, uh, and this is especially the case with, with this year, was uh, I, I found it difficult to know how to find good sources to base my essays on and how to know what, what sources of those are reliable. Yeah, I think that's true for everybody uh, during the current time. So hopefully that that's something that we can address today and that we can kind of help uh, everybody out in that regards. So I guess I wanted to ask Moira, Mairead and Megan, when you sit down to kind of come up with a topic, what is on your mind? How do you come to that conclusion that I'm going to write this essay? I guess for me, especially since being online, I often choose my essay topics based on the topics that have the most resources available for free and like can be accessed easily, uh, which may not be the best way to choose an essay in normal times. But um, I find that really helpful because um, at the end of the day, you will have to reference everything. And it's useful to know at the beginning that you have everything available to you and make sure you do kind of like that, that basic work at the beginning, um, just researching broadly each of the essays. And, and I think that's the best way to figure out um, which will be easiest and um, I suppose the least time consuming because you can spend so much time just looking on different websites um, for books and articles and stuff. Um, I think myself, it might not be the most academic, but I find it to be the most practical way to go about picking essays for college is um, first considering whether I have a list of pre-assigned titles or if I'm coming up with my own. Um, if they're pre-assigned, I try to stay away from ones that um, I, I haven't really had an interest in, in when reading the reading list. When I look over the reading list, I'm looking for what catches my interest the most and then that will kind of narrow down what I'm looking at but then also making sure I'm picking something that I feel like I can bring an opinion to and that I won't just be reciting other people's opinions um, that while you're still bringing your own opinion to an exam essay um, you can kind of get away with more research heavy answers I guess would be how I would do it I think I would do like a combination of both of those approaches and um, I think both are really important especially now with COVID like thinking about what sort of essay is viable and then obviously like it is going to depend on what you know what you're kind of expected to do like is it 
are you expected to come up with the topic completely yourself or if you have a, um, a like a list of questions and I guess in terms of like both of those it is kind of like what Megan said but even like like more broadly than that just kind of coming up with like an angle that's like a bit different or even if it's like a way of like looking at it that's like something a bit different and um, just so yeah you're not just writing because you don't want to write I think like the easiest way to do well is to be more original I feel like sometimes like you'll get away with a lot if you're saying something original without obviously like you know once you have evidence but like I don't know I feel like that works well yeah I think that when you come into college uh there's this feeling that you know you need to reinterpret or reinvent the wheel and that's not always the case because history essays are at the end of the day arguments and as Moira says you can find a new angle on pre-existing things whether that's a reaction to what somebody else has written or whether it's an interpretation of a source that hasn't exactly been done before nobody is expecting you to sit down and find you know this brand new theory that has never come up and be able to you know bring that into the field and have that a part of the historical canon that's not that's not the overwhelming need that some people feel is rested like that's the burden that we have on us at that time so then coming into research we have to think about the issues of what are the sources that we're using we're always told about these words of primary and secondary sources which one do you guys feel is more important to an essay I, I would say primary um, I think like and I think that's something to consider when you're picking your topic kind of like what Mairead said but like specifically think about primary sources because if you don't have primary sources like you're going to find it very difficult to write your essay and so I just think like that should be like one of the first things you consider because like you can find and with secondary material you know you can like adapt things or like use like bits of things or you know read something and like take a different view on it but like if you don't have primary material to back up what you're saying like you can't write your essay so I would say primary yeah and also um whenever you are reading secondary sources you can often find uh primary sources through that so maybe you're just like trying to learn like more broadly about a topic before you decide to do the essay or you're just beginning um, to learn about it or whatever. So um, often if you just look at the footnotes and bibliography um, of what other historians have used, that can be really helpful to find new primary sources. I would definitely lean towards primary sources myself. Uh, at the end of the day, you're not really going to have secondary sources without the primary sources. Secondary sources are there to analyse the information at hand and um, while you're going through those primary sources or if you're working backwards, like Marie said, like through your secondary sources, looking at reading, I think another important factor when looking at the two of them is be prepared that your essay will change. You're not going to have an essay title, draft one, brilliant, I'm sorted. Um, the primary sources and secondary sources are going to change that and that should be something you engage with when looking at them and it shouldn't be something that you try to avoid. So kind of in the same vein, um, how you were saying that the trajectory of your essay can really change as you do more research. Um, it's really important as well to use counterpoints. So like if you make a point, sometimes even maybe you don't have enough words or whatever, and you feel like things haven't been hashed out enough, it's good to actually use counterpoints 
almost against yourself that um, kind of show that you've really, really researched this specific topic and you've you've looked at both sides and you've come to this conclusion um, that you believe is correct, I guess. Yeah, I think those are all great points. When we come into college, there might be this feeling that you need to find a primary source to use that as evidence of kind of, you know, something happened on this date and that you can footnote your primary source to show that that's what happened on this date. And that might just be a way of proving something. But we also need to think about ways of, say, source analysis and being aware of what are these primary sources actually saying? What is the context for their existence? How do we contextualize them as sources? So I think it's important to talk then about how we actually go about analyzing our sources and what type of sources are we using in essays that we are analyzing them differently. I know for myself personally, I'm a big fan of using newspapers in a lot of my essays. For some essays and areas, it doesn't really permit to use newspapers uh, because they're not readily available. So when I'm thinking of newspapers, if I'm writing an essay on, say, Irish history, we have the Irish News Archive, which is available through the Trinity Library. So you can access that to get um, a range of newspapers dating back to the 17th and 18th century all the way up to the present day. We also have ProQuest historical newspapers. So the Irish Times is available through that, as well as the New York Times, Chicago Defender, the Times of India and the Chinese newspapers collections. And we can access all these available online, no problem uh, during a pandemic. So I think they're really great resources. When you're analyzing a newspaper, I think it's really important to pay heed to why that publication exists. Where do their sympathies lie? If you are reading a newspaper that relates to the French Revolution, think about if it is talking about the revolution in a positive or negative light. So then you can go and research, is that newspaper pro or anti-revolutionary and what is the message behind what they're trying to say if it is the case of the Irish Times the Irish Times is historically known to be seen as a more Protestant uh, Irish newspaper than others so how does that relate then when they are talking about Republican causes so you need to interrogate these kind of things look at what the writer is saying you're not just looking for facts you're looking at the tone of the language that's being used uh, how they're saying what they're saying you can use accompanying images. If you're looking at newspapers, you can also then go into, are there caricatures, which were very prominent, say, in 19th century newspapers and periodicals. And then you can interpret uh, the political messages that are being conveyed through those caricatures, which is a very uh, popular way of framing an essay. So I guess do any of you have any tips on what sources are great to use and how you go about analyzing them or if there's a different way that you would look at newspapers? Um, I am also a massive fan of newspapers, but um, to add on to all of the ways that you would look at a newspaper, um, another way I like to look at it is, say you're, say you're doing a piece on political history, which personally wouldn't be my cup of tea. Uh, it's really good to look at the coverage for the different, say, laws or acts that are being presented and how they're simplifying the language for a general audience. How are they diluting the information? And this this will highlight what they actually want the public to know. What are the essential pieces of information? And then, I guess, extending on what you said about characters, I am a massive advocate for using art as a primary source and not just in an art history sense. 
Um, I love to write essays on medical history, for example, and art is really, really underused there, in my opinion. Um, so many medical journals, medical books, uh, they, they will have illustrations of the different treatments. And these illustrations are amazing because they're showing in this time period, what did they know? What did they not know? What did they think they knew? Um, so I would highly, highly recommend introducing art into your research process and looking at it as not just art history, but a way to look at political history, medical history. Um, it doesn't just have to be social and cultural history. So Megan, can I ask then for people who wouldn't be very familiar with using art, they might not have studied it in school, or they might not see themselves as quote unquote artsy people. How would you recommend then coming and interrogating an artistic piece of work or a painting, a caricature, cartoon, when it's something that you're not particularly familiar with? Um, I, if you want to get straight into actual art analysis, art history, um, uh, one of the things that I love to use personally on Stella, our library search engine, is if you type in a term, you can get a pretty quick research starter section that will explain basic information to you. So this is great for art history. If you're not used to it, it can give you um, explanations of different styles, say in relation to lighting or shading and what emotions those are trying to project. I'd also look at portraits and look at the subjects of them, how they're presented to the audience. Um, there's, for example, um, so many paintings of monarchs and rulers. And yes, this is amazing. They're being presented to you, but what are they being presented with? What colors are they being, what colors are they wearing? What items are at their feet? The placement of items is incredibly important. Um, whether they're level with the person um, or whether they're below them. This, it's very on, very on the nose, but it, it is very helpful. Um, in terms of illustrations, the level of detail is really important. Um, <laughs> the level of detail can sometimes be an artistic choice or it is just demonstrating a lack of knowledge. Um, I don't think anyone should be in intimidated by art history. There's plenty of uh, museum archives online and gallery archives online. The Louvre have a brilliant website um, and they have all the information there because at the end of the day, it's meant for the general public. It's not just meant for art historians. I would say as well, um, there are some really good books for like um, beginner art historians. Um, like there is James Hall's Dictionary of Subjects and Symbols in Art. It's really useful. It's huge, but like, don't be intimidated by it. It's meant to be used as like a dictionary. So if there are things in, in paintings or whatever it is that you don't understand or there's something that you you don't understand um kind of, i guess why it is there or uh, why it's where it is um things like this can be really really helpful and even stuff like colors and that like megan was saying um it can be useful because sometimes um you don't like not everybody's kind of built like that like where they just like look at a, at a painting and it's like oh yes like wow like he's like he's like above the other people like this means he's very powerful you know like um <laughs> um I would also recommend um if you can to go to an art gallery and get a tour from an actual art historian because it really just opens your eyes to how detailed these things can be Moira, do you have any thoughts on the use of primary sources and how you go about analysing sources? Um, I guess like kind of like what I would add is that kind of related to the art history, but to go more kind of like literature based that like 
sometimes like poems or novels. Poems can be good because a lot of poems are online and like obviously they're a bit shorter so they're a bit more manageable than obviously like reading like a few novels for your essay but I think they can be a really good depending on your topic obviously but they can be a really good historical source for like kind of more like attitudes and like that sort of vibe. I think one resource that I had of wish that I knew about before third year was the likes of archive.org which is internet archive or say the Hattie Trust because you can find some wonderful primary sources on those websites and they give you a wealth of things to choose from. You can find things that range from diaries to different publications that may have been say relating to American writers writing guides for Irish people who are migrating over to America and these can give you really interesting and dynamic approaches of you know what the contemporary issues are surrounding them and again I think it's really important like everybody was saying there pay attention to tone pay attention to audience pay attention to what the intent behind the existence of these sources are because that can lead you to primary source analysis going really well and that can lead to an essay standing out and it can also bring about as we were saying finding interesting and new angles that may not necessarily have been covered before and they're a great way kind of feeding in to how you can do an essay and not just use a primary source as a way of saying this thing happened on this date. So then moving on from primary sources we have to think about secondary sources. So when we talk about the existing literature on a historical event, on topics, on themes ranging throughout history, we would call this the historiography. So the historiography is the act of the history writing itself. And I guess I wanted to ask you guys if you thought there are particular trends or waves that occur throughout the historiography that you need to pay attention for when you're writing essays. I, I'm obviously very biased. I lean towards social and cultural history myself, but um, in relation to historiography, I think it's important to consider when these trends in historiography, which we would see as very common, actually came about. Mark Poster, they have some amazing books in the library that cover the origins of cultural history and why it is separate to social history. And they speak in detail about when it actually occurred, when it was considered a valid form of academia. There's there's so many different areas. Um, cognitive theory is one that has, I've seen becoming more used multi, in a multidisciplinary manner in the last few years. And um, looking at why they're arising when they arise is really interesting. Yeah, it's something that we need to be mindful of because, say, Marxist interpretations crop up at certain times in history. And it's important to kind of factor in, you know, that there is a change in the historiography. This person uh, is viewing an event in a particular way that hasn't necessarily occurred before. So history writing changes constantly. And it's really good to be aware when you're reading these things that, um people have different interpretations that you can challenge. So coming on from that then, Moira and Mairead, how do you think you can use a secondary source in a way that's not just taking somebody's argument to say further your own? I think you can definitely like, there's definitely room to disagree with historians. I feel like that was like the like big thing that like I learned kind of like throughout first year. And I feel like that really helped because 
obviously it's going to be hard to like make any point yourself if all you're doing is agreeing with other people and I think what can like sometimes like the easiest the easy way to like write essays is to find topics where there's been like really bad historiography and just kind of disagree and you know because sometimes like you would be surprised by some of the things some of what's written and some of what's not been written sometimes like what you might consider the obvious interpretation based on your own perspective may not have found its way into the literature yet even if you think hang on this is a pretty mainstream topic surely somebody else will have you know thought in an obvious way but obviously what is obvious to one person may not be obvious to everyone and I think you know depending on your own personal like politics or whatever there can be there's definitely room to d disagree which I guess was the question you know um and then how you would go about doing that I think it's really important anytime you're reading something to just separate out like what I do when I'm making notes is I have what they're thinking and like the notes in like a normal font and anything I'm thinking is in italics so there's never any like disagreement about what's mine and what's theirs so that's like my own thoughts and my own responses and I think it's really important to reflect when you're reading on what do I actually think because sometimes like you know people who historians are really persuasive and it's so easy to just fall into you know be persuaded but the point is they're not always right so I mean I think it's just important to take that step back kind of look at what they're saying and think hang on what do I actually think about this and then sort of work out ways to incorporate that into your essay so that's kind of my that's what I do anyway I find the italics thing really useful um yeah the other thing I do when I take notes I think I got this from like a different like study tips type thing because I feel like it's around a lot but it's actually it's good for history is take down the page numbers as you're going and make sure like quotes in quotations you're you paraphrasing not in quotations but try and stick more to quotes because it'll just make things a lot quicker and like some of these things once you start doing them you're like wow this helps a lot and it can seem kind of like stating the obvious but it, it just it's so easy when you're reading you're like oh no I don't need to write that down I'll remember it and sometimes you don't and I think like when you're reading obviously like you don't have to take everything down and like you can be a really good judge of like when you're you know if you think it's not important it's probably not so just like don't write it down and um, but if you think it is important you know quotes and your page number and then what you think in italics so you have sat down and you have done all of this research, you've looked at countless primary sources, countless secondary sources, and you are left with a lot of opinions, a lot of facts and different interpretations. So how do you turn that into an essay? When you open a Word doc in front of you and you have a blank cursor just blinking in front of your face, how do you churn out an essay from everything that you have read? Well, I would hope you would have written some of it down um so at least you'll like have you'll not have nothing nothing you know um so I would recommend coming up with the structure um first of all even just writing like intro and conclusion just makes you feel like you've done something you know it's like oh well I've started it you know so um usually what I do anyway is like I come up with three main points 
maybe four um but probably best not to go over like four i think because then it just gets too dense and too um you want it to be quite specific um so yeah i'd recommend doing about three or four um and yeah just um start kind of inputting what you've taken from um your primary and secondary sources into your little sections that will be your paragraphs with their little titles of what they're generally going to be about and um i think that's a good way to start and then from there i feel like it's the easy part like the research is the most um takes the most thinking and and time um in my opinions yeah what i was going to say kind of similar to Mairead, i wouldn't have not started um i would have liked i normally how i write mine is like i do a bit of reading and i do a bit of primary reading and then i start and I like write the introduction and if I don't know something or I'm not sure where I'm going with something I just leave it blank or I just write in like caps like fill in and just move on and then I'm like move on to the next paragraph and then I feel like that way I, I know it's kind of unpopular and that like a lot of people don't really do it like that for them um, it works for me because then I look at what I have and I'm like okay wow I really don't have I want to say this you know point here but I really don't really have any secondary literature that's sort of talking about that or responding to that or anything I can kind of go off. So I'll go away and do a bit of reading about that. Or like, I'm like, wow, I have this idea, but I, I don't really have any like primary evidence for that or any kind of analysis to like back that up. So then I'm like, okay, I need to go away and like research more primary sources. And it's still like changeable. And then maybe I'll find something else and that will like change the paragraphs again. Them. but that's generally I don't like to like do all my reading first and then write I find it a lot like it's a lot easier because then you have made a start and you know it's not like you're left with nothing and there's no pressure then you can just like I normally just and I don't footnote or anything I just like free write a bit and then I just go back later and fix it and it's fine one thing I would say as well with all of that kind of separate to the writing process but still related um take the time to stop writing reflect are you still on point there has been so many times where I've been writing an essay and I get so involved in the subject I'm writing on that I I get on maybe say my second draft third draft I'm not really reading them then I go back look at them and I'm like oh I am miles off point um it's important to take time read over it as you're going I would agree with Moira I I try to avoid footnotes um and just write get my thoughts onto the page and then organize them myself. But um, definitely having those separate drafts saved. This sounds so silly, but it, it helps me so much from a mental kind of a mental headspace point of view. I like to save, this is this essay draft one. And then I can look when I say I'm on draft three or four and be like, okay, we're making changes. There's There's a difference. I can see that I'm making progress and it's not just this one monstrous, Word document that I have been staring at for a week straight. Um, I guess, yeah, that's my two bits. I would say is make sure that um, everything is backed up because I have had the experience where in the middle of the night at about 3 a.m. I was, I was, I think I was three quarters of the way through it and then it was just gone. Everything I'd done that day was just gone. So um but obviously that's on me as well even to like the last minute too like that's that's another issue but um I still haven't really dealt with that so I'm not about to give advice on it 
So use Google Docs or OneDrive if you prefer to write on Word, which I understand. But um, yeah, I, um, I, I would recommend using something like that. That's like you can access it on another laptop as well. If your laptop just crashes, like, you know, it's game over. So just make sure everything can be accessed on another device as well. I think a really important thing to understand when you're starting off with essays for the first time is that there's no universal approach and that everybody has different ways of going about researching and writing essays. I would have different approaches to other people. So it's really about taking the time to figure out how you work best because you have that kind of leeway in first and second year where that you don't you might not feel like there's an intense pressure because these essays don't count towards your final grade to kind of get to understand how you work best with writing essays and it's about kind of learning and trying out new things each time so that you can see how you work best to maximize your productivity and I think that that's something that kind of it takes time and it's a rite of passage and you know take what we give as examples on how you can try and see what works best for you um, I think it's really important that you that when you come into college, you understand that there's no one method of doing anything. Um, and on that, I think it's really important as well when you sit down um, to write an essay to get a good introduction going. So I think we should maybe talk about introductions very briefly. Um, introductions are very daunting for a lot of people. You need to kind of segue into your argument and establish it with a good grounding as to why you're writing on this. Um, an introduction should properly lay out where your essay is going to take you without necessarily giving it all away, but you need to establish the grounds of why this essay exists, what you're going to write on to prove, and essentially that is what you are proving um, and how your essay kind of, you know, justifies existing. Uh, so I don't know if any of you want to talk about introductions very briefly and what you feel are important with them, but then as well, how do you make an introduction and a conclusion not the same thing? Because this is something that we always hear from lecturers in colleges, how to make sure that your introduction and your conclusion are very much not just copied and pasted, kind of I, without saying I will speak about this and then concluding with I have spoken about this. Um. I, I had to pull up Blackboard to double check because um, I had a module last term and we were given by the lecturer a really, really helpful document with essay tips. Ask your lecturers for essay tips. Um, but one that she gave in relation to introductions that really stood out to me is, um, yes, lay out what you're going to talk about, but give an analysis of the title. Give an early analysis of the title. What not necessarily your first thoughts, but what are the essay's first thoughts about the title? What is the initial interpretation? And that's a nice way to kind of change it up from your introduction to your conclusion is this is the initial thought process. And then by the conclusion, you should hopefully, ideally be able to present something a little bit different. Um, I thought that was a really helpful piece of advice I was given. So when it comes to introductions, it's very important to make sure that you can put your best foot forward because this is your first impression that you're giving of your essay. So you want to make sure that your marker understands where exactly you're coming from and what you're going to say, because it is crucial. And in an awful lot of cases can have them make their mind up on what they think about this essay before they even get into it. 
So something that I would keep in mind when you're writing an essay is context. So putting your question or your topic into context, um, you know, if you're writing about a specific element of a theme or you're looking at maybe identity, if you're looking at identity or class, you want to contextualize what's happening at this time that's, say, informing this before you get into the different things that um, determine and dictate what you're talking about. So then you also need to think about answering your question. Uh, so if you've been given a question, put it into your own words and say, you know, what it is exactly that you are talking about. And then the most important thing about an introduction is your thesis. So you need to ultimately state why you're writing the essay and what that essay argues. So your argument is crucial to include in your introduction. And then make sure that when you're coming to the conclusion that you're not just taking your introduction and writing it in past tense, that you are showing exactly what you have said. And, you know, you're carrying the broader theme throughout and you're giving a clear idea that what you have argued has been successful. And that doesn't necessarily mean turning around and saying, I have argued this, uh, therefore it is true. It just means being able to put a nice bow at the end of an essay, essentially. As I'm writing my essays, I often find that uh, it's easy to, to go off into something else and, and, and start writing about something not really related to the topic of the essay. So uh, how, uh, what are some good ways to stay focused on the actual topic of your essay? I think for me, like every paragraph should have like an argument or like a main point that you're getting across. And therefore, like everything you're saying should be like tied into that main argument and really like just driving it home. So I feel like if you just and then sometimes I think it can be helpful to go on that tangent, read over it and think what's relevant here and then don't be afraid to cut what's not relevant. Or even if it's like, I know some people like they don't want to cut things and like if it helps to like copy and paste it out into another document. And so you still have it if you decide, because sometimes things do like, you know, sometimes if things become relevant or if you, you can take things more the tangent way or whatever. But um, I think you shouldn't people shouldn't be afraid to just write it out and then cut what makes what's not needed. And then to keep thinking as you're writing, what do I actually just want to say about this topic? And then just type that out, as easy as it sounds. But um, even if it's not in like the most like flowery language or anything, like sometimes it's easier to just keep it simple. And what do I actually have to say on this point? And just type that out, add in evidence, cut what you don't think is relevant, and then just focus on the argument. I myself would definitely be someone who refuses to delete stuff and just copy and paste it into a different doc. Um, uh, on that, though, I would say don't be afraid of the word count. Uh, I think there's a few emotions you go through when writing an essay of, oh, God, how will I re reach this word count? And then, oh, no, I'm so many words over the word count. That's fine. Um, the way I try to look at it is I've gone on a tangent that is completely irrelevant but maybe there's a sentence in there that could be fitted in somewhere else maybe uh maybe in my paragraphs that I thought were really good and really on point I have a few lines that are 
filler lines, um, maybe I can change those out. So I really recommend having your essay open, then having a separate one of kind of paragraph dumps, I guess. Uh, I tend to like head them of this could be useful in relation to this point or um, this might not be useful but I really like this sentence and the way it's worded and phrased um, but don't be afraid to go over the word count and then pair yourself back think of it like panning for gold you're you're kind of you're getting rid of the rubbish because <laughs> everyone has a bit of rubbish in their essays and you're coming out with the better bit at the end a tip that I once got about conclusions was to try and like include something. I feel like this is hard to do and like sometimes it's not very relevant, but like try and include something that little bit like extra or like something that you hadn't previously mentioned that like isn't really like obviously not central to your argument, but just sort of like ties it all together in a way. If there is something like that, just to kind of, yeah, the idea of the bow kind of. And then obviously at the end of your essay, after having a conclusion, you're going to be met by your bibliography. Uh, bibliographies are just very essential in showing that you've done the work, but also being able to avoid the dreaded word of plagiarism. So just make sure that you are paying attention to the handbooks, that there are styles. So if you're a Trinity history student, you're adhering to Irish historical studies and you're following on what they like to see so just make sure that you're looking at the handbooks and keeping an eye on that so that brings us to the end of our essay discussion for today we hope that you found some useful tips and tricks in here and keep in mind that they are tips and tricks so they are free for you to adopt in whatever way that you find best to your own style of working and your style of writing because it's really important to figure out what works for you because not everything works for people in the same way and of course, a big, big thank you to Moira, Megan, Ushin, and Mairead for joining me today. Uh, we hope it's been useful for you. And we also wanted to wish you the best of luck on behalf of the entire DU History Committee for the upcoming essay season. Stay safe and we hope to see you in the near future. And until then, be sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Many Moons Ago. Bye. Bye.